Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. If you would, turn with me to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. I've been in this chapter for the last couple times I taught. Amen. But we're going to continue on, and we're going to talk about running with patience. I don't know about you, but I just don't want to finish the race limping across with an oxygen tank, spiritually and physically, but I want to finish my race strong, and it's going to take patience. I said it's going to take patience. Because there's that gap between a man and there it is. In other words, you, like, like it says in, uh, I think it's in Hebrews chapter 10, Paul said, you need patience. You're, you're right? You, you have need of patience. I was, I was lowering my voice down a little bit. I'm getting a little charismatic here. Yeah. It's been several years ago, I am... Um, I was complaining just a little bit. I know no one else does, but I had a, one of those days. I was complaining a little bit, and I heard those words. Chuck, you have need of patience because patience doesn't complain. Patience, the definition in the Greek, strongest concordance, means cheerful, hopeful endurance. A consistency, no complaining in there. Now we have, we shouldn't have days, but I'm just saying we don't have to have those days. And it says here, let's just start reading. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, "Therefore, also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses." Let us lay aside every weight. Everybody say every weight. The one one of the things that that the enemy will come and use against you as a weight to slow you down. He'll try to get you to look in the past. And I'll be honest with you, my past isn't wasn't all that bad. But if you're not saved, you're not saved. You're just a heathen going to hell. I was a little heathen going to hell. I wasn't in drugs or in, in alcohol and stuff, but I still didn't know Jesus. Hallelujah. He saved me, thanks to my mom. But the enemy will always, he, it's like he always says, he'll come up to me and say, you remember what you did now, he'll he take me back when I'm about nine years old, eight. I was a little conniver. I was uh, advanced in my years. But he'll bring that up to me from time to time. And, and, and every now and then, he'll get, it will actually work. I will actually feel condemned. It's, uh, it's all under the blood. But he'll use the past that gets you off the future. He'll use the past that gets you going in circles. He'll use the past because he knows if he gets you stuck there, Amen. going around the same mountain, creating a rut, like Pastor Mark talked about, you know, the vinyl records that got these grooves in it. Well, you keep going around the same groove, and that, groove's, that groove gets deeper and deeper, I'm telling you, that's all in the blood. You've got to create new paths according to the Word of God. Cut new groups like Pastor Mark talked about. Renewing the mind. The Apostle Paul talked about it. The Apostle Paul, well, actually, Apostle Paul said, forgetting those things. Your past. It's all in the blood. And there's, don't get me wrong, there's... There are some things in the past that we need to bring to rehearse our victories, like the Dave, like David of old. 
rehearse the, 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 the victories we have in Christ Jesus. But there's a lot of the things that we, do, that we did, maybe you missed it, made mistakes, but all the things under the blood, all those mistakes are, are gone. They don't exist. God doesn't remember them, so why keep bringing them up? The enemy knows that if he can keep bringing those up and get you focused on those things, it'll rob your future. It will actually take away. So saints, we've got to keep our focus. We're going to read here. It talks about looking into Jesus, looking into the Word, keeping focus. Amen. Now it says, um, well, actually, I was going to talk about this. So you had, you had all, all, the, all these patriarchs they talked about in, in Hebrews chapter 11. Moses, he had a past that he had to forget. Some things he did. He killed an Egyptian, and, it go, and the list goes on. He had to forget to move on. Abraham, I want to bring this out. Turn back one chapter of chapter 11. Abraham had to forget. It says, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15, it says, And truly, if they had called to mind that country which they had, which they had come from, come out of, they would have had opportunity to return. Did you get that? Other words, if they, if they would have kept thinking about the past, thinking about where they came from, it says here, they would have gave opportunity to go back, which would have been in disobedience to what God said, because God called them out. And if, you, if they would have kept thinking on the past, thinking about what they left behind, thinking about what, you know, oh my goodness, we left this and left that. The Bible said they might have gave opportunity to go back. But what did they do? They did exactly what the Apostle Paul said. They took that thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. They took that thought in captivity and started to make a new groove, like Pastor Mark talked about, a new groove. In verse 16, it says, See, it's one thing, if you're thinking negative, it's, it's one thing to take that, that thought in captivity, but you've got you to put a new thought. What does God say? Put that, start... Um, I'm referring back to Pastor Mark's teaching, but it was this a really good one. You've got to create that groove, a new path. What did God say? Now look at this, verse 16. It says, but instead of thinking of giving opportunity to going back, they're thinking something else. Verse 16 says, but now. Everybody say, but now. The present tense, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. In other words, they started putting in their minds God's thoughts. Saints, that is such a key. Thinking, and in one translation, I got it down here, the Good News Bible, it says they did not keep thinking about the country that they left. If they had, they would have given chance to return. Instead, it was a better country that they longed for, a heavenly country. So you hang around God, you hang around His Word, and you, he'll, you'll start picking up His thoughts. You'll start picking up His ways. We, you start spending time delighting yourself in the Lord. That word delight means to make yourself soft and pliable. You spend time in His presence. You spend time in His Word. You start picking up His desires. His desires come your desires. Hallelujah! Now back to verse... Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let us run... Verse 1, chapter 12. Let us run with... Patience, the New King James says, endurance, the race that is set before us, 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured. That's the first time it said endured. The cross, despising this shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured, that's the second time, such hostilities from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Notice, in order for Jesus to finish his race, he had to endure. He said that twice for Jesus. In other words, he had to endure to fulfill his design or to fulfill his assignment. Saints, in order to fulfill our assignment, we're going to have to endure. That means to have some fortitude, to have some determination. I'm not saying that you have to rely on yourself. I'm saying just the opposite. You can rely on Him because you're getting the fortitude. You're getting the endurance, the power to go on because why? You're looking unto Him. Verse 2, it says you're looking unto Him. In other words, you've got your eyes on Him, not the circumstances. In other words, the Word, you're giving the Word priority. You're giving the Word first place. You're giving the Word honor. If we'll honor the Word, saints, God will honor you. So we are to run with patience. Now, another definition. This is from Kenneth Hagin. You ever heard of Kenneth Hagin? <laughs> Kenneth Hagin says, um, Patience is the power to endure without complaining. That's what got the first generation, the first generation of Israel come now Egypt. I mean, it wasn't but days, three or four, and they started complaining. And it's like it just went on and on. Complaining. That's just the opposite. Kenneth Hagin calls that impatience. Come on, you remember Christmas, Christmas Day when you was little? You remember you used to open up those gifts before, before time? Or am I the only one? I, my, bro, my little brother and I, we would, we, would go, we would peel back a little bit. Not all the time, but... We peel back a little bit and we take a, you know, and then we kind of, kind of wrinkle it back, you know, kind of make it look. That's called impatient. I did not want to wait for the due date. Christmas was just too far away. I became impatient. This, this is what Kenneth Hagin says about impatience. He says, I believe that impatience is probably the number one reason that prayers go unanswered. Ouch. People pray, but instead of having patience and waiting in faith for God to answer their prayer, they often try to make something happen themselves and end up creating a mess for God. It is that is probably the I think is one of the most difficult things also to do is not try to help God. No, you you may especially when it comes to family members and you you want the best for them and so you you know you take your request to God and you're believing God but man Lord I have to help you here I got to get my hands in this but our hearts right but God doesn't want you messing things up. You leave it up to Him. Am I talking to somebody? Let God be God. Let Him be a Father. You do your job. 
What is that? Believe. You, your job, your labor is to believe God. He is trustworthy. He is well able to take care of the circumstance. Just leave it go. It, there's a sign that says, keep your hands off. Hey, listen, listen, God, 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 listen, Abraham and Sarah came up with this great idea to help God out. It did not help God out. Ishmael did not help God. Do you want an Ishmael in your life? You want to support an Ishmael? It's, that's of the flesh. You don't want that. You want the things of God. And the things of God comes by patience, waiting on Him. Let Him bring it to pass. He is the performer, not you. I think I said that last time. He performs. And I'm telling you what, he will, he, will, he will take his hands off the whole thing. And he'll step back. He won't do a thing. He didn't do anything for Abraham. He left it go. And guess what? He'll do the same thing. If you get your hands on it, guess what? You got it. In other words, instead of casting your care and allowing God to take care of it, you just took it back. And now he's watching you with it. Because he doesn't have it. His hands are tied. Am I talking to somebody? Let God be God. Amen. And we're going to look at Caleb. If Caleb did this, Caleb, listen, it's by, the Bible says we inherit the promises of God. It's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Faith and patience. If Caleb could wait 45 years. Think about that. The guy waited 45 years. And we're going to get into this. Go ahead and turn with me to Joshua chapter uh, 14. This guy waited 45 years. And not one day does it ever say that he became impatient. Now think of that. See, I guarantee you, no one in there has had to wait more than 45 years for something. Yeah. This guy waited 45 years. Now think about this. 40 40 of those years was with a bunch of complainers. The first generation. All they did, all they wanted to do was complain. All they wanted to do was go back. Remember, Paul said, well, we didn't read that, but you got to forget the past. They would not forget the past. They wanted to go back. Everything wasn't happening fast enough. They wanted to go back. Impatient. So Caleb had a, he was stuck with these people for 40 years. I don't know if you ever thought about that. So what I'm saying is you don't have it all that bad. Well, I had to wait three years. I've been waiting for 10. Hey, listen, it wasn't 40. Hallelujah. So let's just pick this up. See, Caleb, Caleb finished strong. Caleb ran with patience. He finished strong. Not only spiritually, but physically. We're going to pick it up here in um, Joshua chapter 14, verse, we'll start with verse 6. And it says, um, The children of Judah came to Joshua, Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephoni, the Kenzanite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. Do you get that? It says, you know, he said this, you know the word. Listen, saints, you're going to have to know the word. To run with patience, you're going to have to know what what, what God says. You're going to have to know his word 
and the word concerning you, or in other words, how it pertains to you. It says that he knew the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you, which is Joshua, and me, and Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old, verse 7, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. The word of faith is always of the heart, isn't it? Not the head. So we can, you can, you can have the word in your head as knowledge, as mental assent, but that has to drop into the heart. That comes by meditation. It's not just you know. Well, I heard the word once, but it's hearing. In hearing, in hearing, faith cometh by hearing the word, and and, and hearing, in hearing, over and over. You create a a rut, you create a a groove. You keep hearing, in hearing the word of God, over and over again. It says, 8, verse 8, it said, Nevertheless, my brother who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But get this, he says, but I wholly, which means completely, followed. Remember we just said looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He says, I followed. That's what he's doing. He's got his focus on Jesus, on the word. He is following. Not the trend of the day, not the majority, right? This guy, listen, these people didn't like him. He spent 40 years in the wilderness with the people that really wanted, they wanted to kill him. Remember? He came back and he said, let us, when he came, he, the Bible says he came back with a good report, which we just read. He came back with a good report. It's a good land. Let us go at once and take possession of the land. Well, that didn't go over too good. They wanted to kill him. So listen, just because... You, have, you make a good confession, it's going to take more than just a good confession because there's people, you, you, you attract people by your confession. Sometimes they don't like it. These, sometimes your worst enemy is not the people out there. It could be your family. His own people. Not the giants. His own people wanted to stone him before he even had a chance to get in there. So when you make a good confession of faith, just be prepared. You attract, you attract all kinds of people. The good, bad, and ugly. But you have to stay fast, hold fast to your confession. That's exactly what, what Caleb did. He held fast to his confession of faith. Amen. So verse 9, or verse 8, never, uh, verse 9 so Moses swore on that day, and just to make a middle note of this. So Moses, verse 9, so Moses swore on that day, that is very important, saying, surely, this is what, this is what God said through Moses on, in verse 9, saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden or walked shall be your inheritance and your children forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Notice that day. Why is that day so important? Listen, faith is always present tense. Always. You get up tomorrow morning, faith is still present tense. It is always present tense. It is always a now. But faith is always rooted, let me put it this way, faith is rooted in the past. He's saying that day, that's the day he took the land. In his heart, that's the day. You've got to have that day. There has to be the day that you believed God. That's the reference point. 
God marked that day for him. Caleb marked that day. It's that day. Now, he repeats this a couple times. That day. Saints, it is critical. Listen, Mark, Mark, uh, Mark 11, 24, it says, When you pray, believe that you receive, and you will have. There has to be the day that you believe that you received. That's the day you mark. That's the day God marks. So the next day comes, I don't have to pray that prayer because I believe that I received that day. That day is marked, saints. It's marked in heaven and it's marked in your heart. That day never changes. Now, your job, your duty is to walk in patience after you set the mark. You walk in patience. Caleb's been walking in patience for 45 years. God marked it. He honored his word, and the guy did not age one day. And we're going to see it, that he's going to make a, a, a statement that he's just as strong this day as he was 45 years ago. It marked him. And it should be marking you. you when you make your prayer request, you should mark it on your calendar, mark it in your heart. This is the day that the Lord heard me because it was faith based on his word. He based it on God's word, what God said through Moses. That, saints, is when he took the land. In other words, the inheritance was in him before he experienced the inheritance. In other words, the word of God was in him before he actually experienced it because of the word. It's the word. It is the word. We just have to walk in patience because of the word. God's well able. Is, is there anything too hard for him? In other words, when I believe that I received, I can walk my walk from that day and continue to walk with a cheerfulness and a hopefulness. Hopefulness, why? Because I believed. If I believe, don't you, doesn't it make sense to have a smile on your face? If you believe, doesn't it make sense that you're expecting? If you believe, doesn't it make sense? Wow, it could, I, it could be a manifestation at any given day or hour. Because the Word always works. The Word is alive. It is, God watches over, I mean, we go on scriptures, the Word watches over His Word to perform. I mean, the day of manifestation could be at any second. Isn't that better to go through life believing God? Isn't that better than just saying the same prayer the next day? Well, maybe the Lord didn't hear me. Awesome. You know, then the next day, you pray the same thing. Then the next day, it's like the government. When they want to fix a problem, they throw money at it. Maybe one of the, maybe something to stick. They're really good at it. And a lot of Christians, I, you know, I'm not trying to get on to anyone because I have to watch myself. You know, I, years ago, I, that's how I did it, basically. You say it enough times, maybe one of them stick. But God doesn't operate that. He is full of mercy. If you're, if you, if you're young, babe, and, and cry. I mean, he's, God's, God's merciful. He's graceful. But after a while, under the teachings of Pastor Mark, Chuck, talking to me, you ought to get it by now. You need to believe that you received now, present tense, but then you... You have, they're always, the, then the next day, I'm giving God the praise because I, I believed Him on that day. That's what He's talking about, that day. 
Does that make sense? Hallelujah. That day. So Moses swore on that day, verse 9, saying, Surely, this is the word of God, Surely the land where, you have, where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. In verse 10, And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. I love this. He gives all the credit to God. As he, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now. See, I would have said a lot more than that. <laughs> Caleb was a very meek guy because I would have got in something. I would have put a jab in to the unbelievers. But this guy doesn't do it. I guess I need to grow up a little bit. <laughs> and while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and, and now, present tense, here I am this day. See, that's faith. This day. Here I am. Faith is present tense, but yet it's rooted in the past, and God's kept him. God's been faithful to his word. He's kept him young, or at 40 years old. It says... Now, here I am, 85 years old, verse 11, and yet I am just as strong this day as on that day that Moses sent me just as my strength was then. So now, present tense, is my strength for war, for going out and coming in. Now, you see, he's going back and forth. The past, the present tense, the past, but he always refers to that day. It's so important that you have that day which you say, man, I, I believe God this day, that day. I, I wrote it down. I said, I, 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 it, that's the day God heard me. That's the day I marked, and that's the day God marks. Whenever you can believe God, you want to talk about putting, you know, I'm putting a smile on the face of God. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. He takes pleasure when you stand on, when you, when you base, when you, when you base your, your prayer on His Word, that He is delighted. You give Him opportunity to move in your life. You give Him opportunity to do things that that you would never get done in the natural. And he goes on. He says, verse 12, Now, present tense, faith's talking. See, God said about Caleb, this guy has another spirit in him. He's just not like the complainers. This guy and Joshua had this, another spirit in them. In actual Hebrew, it says in them. Paul called it the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith will talk. And it loves to talk because it's talking the word. Now, it's bold. Look at the boldness here. Now, therefore, based on the word of God, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain which the Lord spoke in what day? Help me out. That day. He's going back to that reference point. He's going back to that mark. That day. Hallelujah. You ought to be able to do the same thing. You ought to be able to say, Lord, I just give you praise because I remember back in that day, when I gave my request to you, I thank you, you heard it, I give you the praise, I just, I'm excited. There's good things coming my way. I'm excited. There's an expectancy in me. Because I prayed on that day, based on your word, I know you heard me. It's done. Hallelujah. So he says, now give me now, give me this, give me the mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakins were there, and that the cities were great and fortified, and, and it may be that, and it, look at this, 
And it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. He is holding fast to his basically the same confession 45 years ago saying the same thing now. Saints, that's what I call holding fast. Not only, not only, listen, not only does Caleb finish strong, in, in chapter 15, it says he drove out the giants. Chapter 15, he, dry, he drives out the giants. But listen to me, not only does Caleb finish strong, but he has a direct influence on the whole tribe of Judah. The whole, turn, turn with me to Joshua chapter 19. Not only does Caleb finish strong, not only does Caleb run with patience, a cheerful, a, a, a hopeful endurance, but saints, it has an effect on the whole tribe. Look at this. Look at Joshua chapter 19. Um, Let's see. I thought I had it written down. Chapter 19. Uh, okay, chap, uh, verse 9. Okay, they're dividing. They're, they're inviting the inheritance. Uh, chapter 19, verse 9. The inheritance of the children of Simeon was included with the share of the children of Judah. For the share of the children of Judah was too much. See what strong faith would do. Listen, the whole, it affected the whole tribe. Just let this sink in a minute. We serve a God of too much. We serve a God. That's just who he is. Well, how much is too much? See, now, now that's the problem. One person may say, well, I need a basket. The next person may Say, well, I want a couple truckloads. It depends on how you view God. They took too much. Well, God doesn't rebuke them. See, the Bible says we are to be blessed to be a blessing. Right? Listen, when, when, when the Lord told, when the Lord told uh, Peter to launch out into the deep for a catch, you know, if you recall the story, Jesus used Peter's boat. And when he's done, done speaking, he asked Peter to launch out into the deep for a catch. Well, Peter's not really expecting a whole lot, right? He says, nevertheless, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shortening this up. Nevertheless, okay, I'll, I'll do what you say. So he, he launches out into the deep, throws in his net. We could talk a lot more about that, but I'm just saying. He throws in his net, and he's catching a load of fish with just one net. It started to break, and you know the story. They called it, so Peter calls in his partners. The partners come out. They throw in their nets, and now we've got both boats, and they're sinking. Okay, here's the question. How much is too much? This is how God thinks. He loads both boats that they're at the point of sinking. No, while Peter was said, oh, Lord, we're just humble people. Two baskets be more than enough for me and my children. Let's just give, let's turn these other fish loose. We're humble. We're humble people. Now, that sounds kind of silly, wouldn't it? Both boats were loaded. That's the will of God. That's the heart of God. Amen. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we're seeing here the heart of the Father. He's loading both boats. They're sinking. Could you imagine trying to 
oar that boat back into the shore? Have you ever tried to, to oar a boat when it's starting to sink? That's hard. God loaded both boats. That's how God does things. He is, he is the God of too much. If we just allow him to be that to us and stop limiting him. We, Joanne and I, we were, we were I'm not going to go into too much detail on this, but we were talking, we, was out, we were kind of looking around our land and stuff. We were looking and we, and, and, and we said, well, you know, man, Lord's blessed us, which he has. I mean, it's, it's, God's good. He's good to us. And, and we're, we're satisfied, you know, and, and I, kinda, I didn't think that much about it. You've got to watch what you say because you start saying stuff that, like that, really, that's selfishness because what if God wanted to bless me even more? And I'm saying, well, I got all I can handle. That's more than enough. Well, God wants to do more. So anyway, we, 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 so I'll just say this. I'm satisfied, you know. And about three, Joy doesn't know anything about this. About three weeks later, I was in the garage, maybe a little longer. I was in the garage, you know, piddling around, and the overhead doors were open. And I walked, as I walked out, I was looking, and man, the, the unction, I don't know what else to call it. An unction hit me. It wasn't a thought. It wasn't words. But I knew exactly what God was saying. It's, it's kind of weird. It's never happened quite like that to me. But I had that unction. I knew exactly what he's saying. And I said, and I said, Lord, seriously? You want us to do that? And, it, and, I said, and it, it caught me off guard. And I said, well, Lord, I receive it in Jesus' name. If you want us to have it, then I receive it. I'm not going to limit you in my small thinking. And I just taught on don't limit God a month ago before that. It's so easy to limit God. You don't even hardly realize it. You start saying stuff, well, I'm satisfied. What? You know, he wants to load the boats up. It's like Abraham and, and the, the people here again. They were whining in the wilderness, and they're wanting meat, and they're you know, and 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 complaining. And God said, "Well, okay, I'll give you some meat. I'll make, I'll, I'll, I'll send, I'll, I'll give you meat. You eat all, not just one day, one week, all month. I'll give you enough meat for all month." And Moses says, "How? We don't have enough cattle." Sheep, we don't have that many ducks. We don't, we can't do that. And God said, are my, in one translation, are my arms too short? Are, or I could paraphrase this, are my arms short like a T-Rex? That's not, I made that up. How we can limit. Here, Moses saying that. Listen, he witnessed, he witnessed the dividing of the Red Sea. He witnessed all the power of God all through the signs and wonders in Egypt, the splitting of the Red Sea. But yet he questions God. God, you, how can that happen? He is well able. He's well able to sink your boat in your neighbor's, neighbor's boat. We limit God. And don't even realize, and I'm talking about myself, but we all have to watch that. Don't limit God. He is the God of too much. Now, he doesn't have a problem with this. In verse, in verse 9, God does not have a problem with you having too much. Yeah, I know that you can have the wrong motives. Yes, we have to watch that because James said you have not because you ask amiss. In other words, you want it just to, for your pleasures. You got, you got to have the right motives. Come on. But... The, the tribe of Judah's got the right motives. They're blessing another tribe. God, this is the heart of God, to have too much so you could be a blessing to other people. Now, what God has a problem with is in chapter 18. Chapter 18, verse 2, let me read it. 
This is where God has problems. <clears throat> Verse 2, chapter 18, it says, But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not received their inheritance. Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord your God of your fathers have given you? You get that? How long? Doesn't that remind you of Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12? And it's, it talked about being slothful, laziness, a sluggishness. In other words, right here, for some reason, they're neglecting. Somehow they have lost momentum. They came out of the wilderness. They've got some victories. You hear me? They got some victories, but they're lost the momentum, just like it was in, when, when Paul talked about in Hebrews chapter 6. You, you become sloth. Don't become slothful. Don't lose your enthusiasm. Don't lose your diligence. Keep the momentum going. He's saying, he's saying, he's saying the same thing. Saints, the same problems they had here, it's some of the same problems they had in the church in Hebrews chapter 6. There's some, these are... Hebrews chapter, the book of Hebrews is written to the church. And we're warned not to lose the momentum. Don't be slothful. Here, God has given them the land. Saints, He has given us all the promises of God are yes and amen in Him, in Christ Jesus. All the promises, they've already been given to us. So let's don't be slothful. Let's don't Let's don't lose our momentum here. We, the inheritance is there to be taken. Their inheritance is there to take. And that's what faith is designed to do, is to take what He has provided by grace. He's given us all things to enjoy. Is all things all things? I want to believe that that, that, well, I, that is true. And I believe that is true. All things... Not just some things, not when we get to heaven, but here on this earth. See, it's the the gospel. The gospel needs to get out. Obviously, that's the number one priority. In order for that to happen, it takes money. I want to be a part of that. Or this, I I believe is going on now. We may not see a whole lot in the states here, but that. That great awakening, some of the other countries, you hear some fantastic stories, true stories about how, how the Spirit of God's moving. Saints, there is an awakening going on. I want to be a part of that wave. I want to be able to give for that purpose, to, to have the gospel to go forth. I want to be a part of that. Hallelujah. But I don't want to limit God. He is the God of too much, so I'm just going to take all that He has for me. I want to take everything He has for me, and I want to run this race to the end, full of strength, stronger than what I started with. I said stronger than what I started with, because it can happen, because Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. It is possible if we just do, keep our eyes on the Word. It is possible, and it's God's will. But we'll have to have patience involved in this. Let me close. Let me, let me close. i got to close. <laughs> there, um, I don't know if you ever heard the story, or not story, there was a, a movie called Ben-Hur. And Ben-Hur, at, at, at that time, that, that time, that was one of the most expensive movies, I, I, if I recall, up to that, at that time, one of the most expensive, expensive movies ever produced. Anyway, Charleston, Charleston Heston played in that. Didn't he play Moses? Okay. Charleston Heston, or you say Moses, they was doing this chariot scene around the, the arena. And they're running over, production's running over, and they were having trouble 
filming that, that last that scene, uh, that race. And uh, the director came to, to Charleston Heston. He said, Charles, we got to get this right. You, what, what's, 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 what's the problem? He's having some issues. And Charleston Heston said, I can't stay. I keep slipping out of the chariot. And I can't see where I'm at. I can't see if I'm leading or not. This, you know, the chariot race. I saw it when I was about a little lad, at eight. I, that's been a long time ago. And, uh, and the director said, now get this. He said, Charles, don't worry about what's going on around you. You stay in the chariot. Hold tight to the chariot. Just stay in the chariot, Charles, and I'll see to it that you win. Other words, spiritually speaking to us, just stay in the chariot. Hold fast like Caleb. Hold fast. Stay in the chariot. God will cause you the triumph. He'll see to it that you triumph. He leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. He will see to it. Just stay in the chariot. Of course, Charleston Heston would not allow anyone to do his stunts. He had to do them. He's kind of like a John Wayne type guy. You don't see very many guys like that. Especially nowadays. What are you saying, Pastor Chuck? I'm saying stay in the chariot. You hold fast. Hold fast. Be patient. Not impatient. I just I give up and jump out. No, that ain't the way to do it. See, it's the good ground. It's the good ground that brings forth fruit. I think it's in uh, uh, Luke eight fifteen. It's the good ground. It's the good ground, but it always comes. It only comes forth with patience. Patience. I gotta quit. Do you get anything? Yeah. Patience. Patience. Caleb was patient. Saints, listen, if, if, if Caleb was 85 years old, think about it, 85 years old, just physically, and he still wanted that mountain just as, just as bad as he, he wanted that mountain at 85. He said, now give me this mountain. That's the attitude of faith. That is the spirit of faith. And saints, if we'll just run with patience, with that attitude, you'll finish strong. Amen. You want to finish strong? I do. I want to finish stronger than when I started. I want to look back and say, whoa, this is God. I want to look back on that day and, and, and bring it into the present tense. Whoa, that's God. He's doing this. It's not me. It's God. He's keeping me going. It's in Him we live, move, have our being. It's in Him. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.